Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen. Are you ready for the word? I'm ready to give you the word. I'm ready to preach today. Go in your Bibles. We're going to go to two places, Joshua chapter 5, and then we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. So go to Joshua chapter 5, and then go to Joshua chapter 1. I believe that 2020 is a wake-up call, that God wants to redeem 2020, that 2020 never got out of God's sight, that God didn't forget about us during 2020. But I believe that God works through history. He's always been at work through history. In fact, I had in seminary, I had a teacher who wrote the word history on the board and he underlined his and then he underlined story and he said, history is his story. At the moment I thought, well, that's cheesy. I'm paying a lot for this class. Teach me something. But now with age comes some wisdom sometimes. And I recognize, yes, yes. I don't even know that I remember anything else from that class. But I remember this. And it's important to know that history is God's story. It's his working redemptively through broken men and women, through broken systems, through pestilence and earthquakes, through wars and famines, God is always at work. And he's working for the good because he is good. He isn't good like we try to be good. God is goodness. He's the ultimate measure of goodness. He is so good, he can't be bad. Ooh, Someone write that down. Don't get that tattooed on your arm. It's too long. But he is so good, he can't be bad. Even when he exercises judgment, he is good. Are you following me? So God is good in 2020. That's why we say it here, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We are making a theological declaration. We're not just trying to keep you awake. That's what the coffee's for. You're welcome. No, no, no. We make a theological proclamation every Sunday. God is good. All the time. Because he is good. So he is good in 2020. So with all of the movings and, 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 and maneuverings and the, the earth kind of shuddering beneath us and our culture, our culture decaying and, and seemingly falling apart where there's, there might not be a, 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 a war where we are pitting ourselves against another nation, but there's a war within our nation. There, there is conflicts and there is shameful acts and, 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 and there is, there is a, an unbridledness to our country. We must become self-controlled again. When left to man, okay, theology point number two, man is not good. 
When left to him or herself, man devolves, woman devolves into selfishness and, 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 and hurtfulness and, and, and self-centeredness and abusiveness, whether it's in person or online. Man is not good. Don't fall into the secular mindset that man is good. Man is inherently broken. It's called sin. There's such a thing as sin, not just a difference of opinion. It isn't just a difference of opinion, friend. There's a, there is such a thing called sin. And when the world says, don't judge me, they're not speaking biblically. God says we are to judge. We're to understand. We're to test the spirits. We don't judge like God judges. We don't condemn people to hell, even though some of us have. But that's why you're in church and online is we're getting right today. No, no, we don't judge like God. We never say that person's going to go to hell. We're, you know, some of y'all sending people to hell. Can't stop doing that, right? Can't do that. No, we don't judge, but we are to judge. Why? Because sin is a real thing. Are you with me? This is what happens when I only get one service to preach in. Someone say it's our finest hour. I, I, I mentioned this last week. If you haven't watched it in the last seven days, watch Apollo 13 sometime. It's great. When, when the ship partly blows up, they, the astronauts call, mission control, and they say, Houston, we have a problem. And then there's some confusion and there's, there's, there's discouragement at mission control while these scientists, the best of the best, the most brilliant that the U.S. has to offer in terms of science and math and engineering, and they're working the problem, and, and mi the mission director overhears one of his co uh, uh, co-workers say, this is going to be the worst time in U.S. space history, and the director turns and says, I disagree. I believe this will be our finest hour, and they get that shit back. I believe that if the church wakes up, if we wake up as parents, if we wake up as coworkers, this can be our finest hour. We are at a crossroads, I believe. We are at a crossroads, and I'm not one for hyperbole. I'm not one to exaggerate, but I believe our nation is on a precipice. And there is a resistance, whether it comes from faith or common sense, to push against an ultra-liberal mentality that throws out things like faith, that throws out things like, things like scripture, that throws out things like common sense and logic. But we must stand sentinel. We must stand sentinel. And it isn't about a party. It's about the word of God. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about the truth that never fails. It's about being carriers, messengers of the gospel. So I'm taking you to Joshua for about a month and a half. It might turn into a year and a half, depends how we behave. Because the times they are a changing, but I ain't scared. I'm, I'm raising four kids. I ain't scared. They done taken all the fear out of me. <laughs> Joshua chapter five. Even the baby gets it. All right. Joshua chapter five. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. This is our, 
our, our core or key or cornerstone passage for the series, Joshua chapter five. And I believe that this is, be, this, this is our cornerstone passage because I believe this was a watershed moment for Joshua. Verse 13 says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Can you read that with me? Are you for us or for our enemies? Haha, <laughs> read the next word. Neither. Is that up there? Ready? One, two, three. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. If you missed last Sunday's message, go back and watch that this week too. Because that was, we'd speak on this passage. It's our inaugural message for the series. But we want to talk about our finest hour, God's people and difficult times. God's people and how do we contend as God's people with difficult times? How do we deal with seasons that challenge us? Seasons that leave us breathless, whether it be trauma, whether it be confusion, whether it be loss, whether it be betrayal. How do we, how do we comport ourselves as people of faith? I want you to know that God has designed this walk so that we don't lean on anyone or anything else but him. God does not offer you a crutch. He offers you a new place and a new identity. We don't lean on him like we used to lean on a bottle. We don't lean on him like we used to lean on a bank account. We don't lean on him the way we used to lean on a, on a diploma or a relationship, he transitions us. He carries us to a new place with a new name. We recognize for the first time we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We begin to understand as we, with baby steps of faith, begin to contend with the world around us, with our family that don't understand us, with temptation on a Friday night. As we contend, we begin to realize greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm saying yes to things I would have never said yes to before. I'm saying no to things I would have never said no to before. I'm controlling my temper. I have an appetite that's growing for the holy and my appetite for the unholy is beginning to to die, we realize there's something real transforming us. No New Year's resolution did it. No vow we made with our lips has ever been able to accomplish such things. We could have lived 30, 40, 50 years and fallen into the same pit after the same pit, no matter what, how we were threatened. Because we couldn't help ourselves. It's because man is inherently flawed. Man is inherently sinful. We need a new life that can only come from him. And it changes how we contend with the world. It changes how we contend with stress. It changes how we contend with difficult seasons. Even in this hour, it seems so disturbingly difficult. 
we should be handling this not like that. Well, only by yourself in a room, close the door. Go ahead, let it out. But we should be handling this with aplomb. We should be handling the times with a steel courage. We should be handling this as sons and daughters of an almighty king because we transcend this place. I want to give you some handles, some handles on how to deal with difficult times. But for Joshua, this was a watershed of crossroads because he's already got authority. He's already got an army. He's already got a mission. But he comes face to face with the angel of the Lord before his first battle at Jericho. An enemy that, that lived, that abided in a fortified city whose walls were incredibly immensely thick, chariots would ride atop them. They'd been there, they knew the terrain, they were entrenched. The people of Jericho had every advantage, but God had called Joshua to take the land so he was gonna go. But there had to be a decision made now, before Jericho, not during Jericho or after Jericho. A decision that had to be made now, and that was this. Joshua had to understand that he needed to get on God's side, not demand God to get on his side. Are you with me? Joshua was not on Joshua's mission. Joshua was on God's mission. You're not, you've got to lay down your mission and get on his mission. You got to ride his coattails, not expect him to ride your coattails. He don't ride shotgun with you. He's not your, 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 your partner. He's your Lord and Savior. He's the King of Kings. What we have to do before Jericho, before 2021, before the next thing comes, is we have to understand we're not on our side. We got to be on his side. We got to get our kids on his side, not on their little sides. Go ahead and take it to the little backside. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Spare the rod, spoil the child. No, just kidding. All right. That's a whole other sermon. But we got to teach our kids to get on his side. Why not? Why can't I do X, Y, Z? Little Jimmy Goat does X, Y, Z. Little Susie does X, Y, Z. And it's okay to tell them because it doesn't please the Lord. And we're a people of faith. We're a people of the book. You got to get a handle at 12, 13, 10, 9, 15. Get a handle on who you are or else the world, you'll think you're in charge, but it's the world pulling the strings. Get it in you deep now. Get it in you deep now. Make it a matter of conversation at supper. Pray with your kids before they go to school. Pray with them when they're sick. Talk about the Lord because they need to get a handle on it now. Yes. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up, saw a man standing in front of him. Are you for us or our enemies? Neither, he replied. Neither. You think Joshua was picked by God that the angel would have said, I'm on your side. Follow this. Joshua represented the people of Israel, God's people. You would expect it, the Lord to say, yeah, I'm on your side. Are you following that? You could be walking with the Lord for 22 and a half years but are you still on his side? 
Because he don't owe you nothing. He don't owe us nothing. We need to be on his side. Maybe that's a, a question we need to be meditating on. Are we on his side? Is our time on his side? Is our passion on his side? Are our priorities on his side? Is our bank account on his side? Now, that's not just about giving. That's about order in your finances. Because we, be, we can be 52 years old and still not know how to tell ourselves no. And there's disorder. Are you following me? See, God is not a God of disorder. We need to get every part of our lives. We need to gather every little piece of our lives and get it on his side. So it will go well with us. Are you on his side? Now I want to go to Joshua chapter one. We're going to read nine verses here. So hang in there. This is, this is a very important pivot point in the history of Israel. Something is shifting. Something is happening. Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Read that with me. Moses, my servant, is... Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Verse three. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Someone say, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what? To, to what? Do everything. Some would say do. Do everything written in it. Don't think about it. Don't like it. Don't put it on your wall. Don't sing a song about it. Do everything. Don't do what you like. Don't do what comes in easy. Don't do what's convenient. Do what? Everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. Someone say then. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I want to give you a handle. Are you ready? Grab onto this. Number one, the opportunity ahead is greater than the challenge. The opportunity ahead is greater than the challenge. You got to get a hold of that. You got to understand that. Now, I know that things can be difficult. I know that the times are uncertain, but you got to believe. Someone say believe. And it isn't a blind faith. It isn't like, uh, you, know, um, you know, try to gin it up inside of us, conjure up some joy or some positive thinking. We have a God who is at work in redeeming the world. And he reigns and he's coming back again. So things are gonna get better. The opportunity is greater for us 
Then the challenge, even though it's difficult. I, I heard a story of a, a, mission, a pastor who invited some missionaries from Africa. First time in the United States. And he had them come over to this, they, had a, they pastored in a small town. And they took them about the city as a small little town. And uh, they said, you guys can go window shopping and then call us and we'll come get you. They wanted to give them just a little afternoon off. So the missionary took the phone, called them and said, hey, we're not sure where we are. And so the man said, well, go ahead and go to the corner and look at the signs. There's signs there and tell us what it says and we'll come get you. So he walks over with his wife and he looks up and he says, I'm at the corner of walk and don't walk. How many of you have ever felt like that? You walk over, I still don't know what to do. I'm gonna walk over this way, I'm gonna go over here. It's still uncertain. Can I tell you that even if, even if it's foggy like it was this morning, even if it's difficult to perceive every single step, you gotta believe that the opportunity is greater than the challenge. We have an opportunity as a church of Jesus Christ to present love and joy and unity, not a militancy, not a hatred, but compassion that is anchored to truth. And we can be compassionate because of the truth. The truth is that without Jesus, we would be lost like anybody else. That's the truth. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness back? And we'd be lost without the truth, without the cross. But thanks be to God, he died to save us. And so we as believers should look at, at the skirmish here and the, the earth moving there and the rules being turned upside down over here and say, I must be on a special mission. Because my parents didn't see this. My grandparents didn't see this. My great-grandparents didn't see this. I'm born for such a time as this. God, use me to meet the need. Use me to love on someone that's hurting. Use me to throw out a life raft to someone who's drowning in opinion and addiction and anger. Why? Because greater is he that is in us. That is the truth. And so we can take the eyes of the world off of us and exchange it for the eyes of Christ because you are missio day. You're on a mission from God for today. But pastor, I'm scared. Get over it. Watch this. I'm about to talk about your feelings. That's okay. Joshua chapter one, verse two, it says, Moses, my servant is what? Is dead. Like this isn't easy. And then he says, be what? Strong and? Verse seven, if we can go to verse seven, it says the same thing. Be strong and very courageous. Then verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be what? Strong and courageous. Then he says, do not be what? Or what? Why? For the Lord your God will be with you. Okay, watch this. God gets your feelings. But if you're too scared, it's because you're distracted. It's okay. See, one thing about feeling, feeling. <laughs> First time in 16 years I've ever sung feelings. Right? Feelings, you know, some people say, oh, don't worry about your feelings. It doesn't matter how you feel, whatever, get over it. Can I just say that feelings can speak to you? 
And if you're really shaken, you know what your feelings are telling you? Is that your eyes off the ball. That's what it's telling you. If you're freaking out and you're hoarding toilet paper, <laughs> you can find me at 1355 Crumbs. No, I'm just kidding. Let me tell you, your feelings can, if you're feeling super anxious, like if you're anxious, it's telling you something. Where are you building? What are you holding on to? You're probably holding on to something that's moving. So we need to reestablish our vision on the one who is greater. And then when you pray, can someone say pray? pray. I'm not just talking about your, for your food, okay? But pray for that too. But spend some time in prayer. I gotta get up at 3.15. Well, then get up at three. You're already not sleeping enough. Might as well sleep a little less. And spend some time with Jesus so you have a good attitude when you get to work. There are some things that you can do without. Prayer is not one of them. The world wants to sell you a commercialized faith where I do it all for you and you just come like it's hometown buffet. My friend, my smart, my smart friend used to say hometown buffet. And I was happy because I knew that was wrong and he was smarter than me. This ain't hometown buffet. What we're trying to do here is equip you to live this when you leave. You don't put this on like a jacket because you're not going to make it. You're going you're gonna to devolve into chaos like the world around you. Are you with me? We're trying to equip you. Someone say, hold on. Hold on to the reality that you need to get on his side, not yours. Hold on to the reality that although the challenge is great, the opportunity is even greater and we're gonna bring it home. I know I'm going a little bit over, but I'm gonna bring it home right here. I wanna let you know in Joshua chapter one, verse three, that God has built success into the promise or into the process. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. The worship team can come up. Watch this. Check this out. Are you with me? God makes promises. Okay, you, you good? I made a promise to Lori like 26 years ago. And then I made a real promise 25 years ago at Bethel Church in San Jose. And everybody witnessed it. And I meant that promise. And I've kept that promise to her. Are you with me? Are you following? Watch this though. When God's make, God makes promises, he doesn't make them like I make them. His promises are more like laws. Gravity is a promise, the way God makes promises. You following me? He ain't fickle about it. He sets it. It will be so. If you serve me, I will bless you. If you give to those in need, I will make it so that your cup runneth over. If you raise up your children in the way they should go, I will bless their steps. Are you with me? It's not if, it's like gravity. Throw a ball up, he promises it'll come down. Walk in obedience, he promises to be with you. Promise is built into the process. I'm just gonna end with this. See, see God is not playing games. He means it. Are you with me? I'm end with this. At home, are you with me? Just say, eh. okay, I bet you are. Watch this. He's not playing games, but neither can we. His, his process 
is clear and non-negotiable. This, and, and we gotta get a hold of this. I'm giving you handles to hold on to. Hold on to the fact that it's non-negotiable. Like there's blessing in the process. His promises are like the laws of gravity. His, his, it, it is so and it will be so. But also, we have to do our part. We have to walk in obedience. Watch this, watch this. Okay, are you, I'm gonna end. I know I got like 30 more things to say, but listen to this. Listen to this. Somebody needs to hear this. I didn't get this till this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. Maybe you're at home. Don't mistake his mercy for his approval. Some of y'all have been playing with fire. You've been duplicitous, double-minded. You're doing like what you can and then you make excuses for why you gotta break his laws, but you're still here. And you still got your job. And they didn't find out. Don't mistake his mercy for approval. He's being kind to you. He's being long-suffering with us. He's being gentle. It's not the same as approval. Some foolish people think God just has to bless you. He doesn't just have to. Foolish talk from foolish people that don't know how to handle the word or they never read it. They read something on Instagram and they think it's the word. No, no, no. The process is non-negotiable. Don't mistake his mercy for blessing. He ain't blessing you yet. He's just keep giving you a chance. He's just keeping you alive. He's just keeping your, your marriage on life support. He ain't blessed you yet. He can only bless what you give him. He don't commandeer your ship. He's not a pirate that, that, that takes what isn't his, that what isn't offered to him. He can only bless what you give him. It's kindness, mercy the rest of the way. Non-negotiable. I'm gonna end with this. My son, Eddie, for 11 years old, he's a pretty good baseball player. I gotta tell you, 46 plate appearances, hitting 588. One home run on the fence. Yeah, he's going pro. Yeah, he's going pro. Yeah, he, if I was a name it and claim it, I'd name it and claim it, but I'm not. So I'm just gonna trust the Lord. But I took him, see, I, I know enough about coaching that I, didn't, I knew I don't know how to teach him. I, 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 like I know enough that I know that I really don't know. It's good to know what you don't know. So I took him to someone who does know, Coach Brian Goulart, Manteca. I said, hey, can you help my boy? He gets Kate, Levi in the batter's box there and he has him take some swings and his eyes are on his feet. His eyes are on his feet. And he starts, he's not looking at this. He's not looking, he's Levi's hitting the ball hard. He don't even care. He's looking at his feet. You know why? He doesn't want Levi to be lucky. He wants him to be good. No, if the kid that he's facing doesn't pitch well, or if the kid that he's facing throws gas, throws hard, he doesn't want Levi to be lucky. He wants him to be good. So he builds him from the feet up. First the feet, then the knees, then the hips, then the arms, the shoulders, the hands, the head, and then the finish. You don't want him lucky, he wants him good. God doesn't want you lucky, he doesn't want you fortunate. He doesn't want to just shower you with mercy. He wants you strong, he wants you courageous, he wants you wise, he wants you founded, he wants you fruitful. 
don't want you lucky, he wants you good. Be strong and courageous. Why? There's a why, there's always a why. We anchor, we hold. We hold on. Why do we hold on? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's why. That's why. Not because your boss might like you on Monday and not like you on Thursday. No. Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The creator of the heavens and earth, the one who breathed and there was life, the one that spoke and the universe came, will be with you wherever you go. The one who never lies, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not fickle, he's not moody. He will be with you wherever you go. So be strong and do what's written in the book. Do what's written in the book. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.